Welcome to Absolute Hustlers. I'm Brooke. And I'm your co-host, Sam. And this is your invite to join us. We are two private waitresses working in the Australian sex industry. And we just want to kind of take you guys along the ride, show you what it's like to kind of be part of our lives and part of this industry and, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. The mics are on. There are hoes in this house. There are definitely hoes in this house. Hi guys, welcome back to Absolute Hustlers for episode two. We just want to thank you guys as well for tuning into episode one. We had such a great response and way more listens than what we actually thought that we would have gotten. So we're really thankful for everyone that showed their support. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I was not expecting that. No, it was so nice. So going into episode two, we are going to be focusing on the concept of myth busting. So we did ask our audience on Instagram and we wanted you guys to address with us what the top five or so myths that you face about yourselves are and we wanted to address whether or not there was actually any truth to those. Yeah so we'll be running through that in this episode. We're also going to talk about our weekend, how Mm -hmm. our weekend went. We're going to rate it. How was your weekend? How did you go? Um, It started off strong. Mm -hmm. Like I did that little job on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Um, They were really cool, chill. He he gave me an extra like $100 straight off the bat, which was great. That's good. Um, Nothing really exciting. We were just chilling. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what did I do Saturday night? What was, oh, yeah. I um That one was really good. Yeah. I actually had heaps of fun. We had a little twerking competition with all the girls. About that. Yeah. yeah. And they just um all gave us winnings. So that was great. Was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Money wise, how did you go? Um, Pretty good. Okay. I, but it was kind of like pulling teeth. Yeah. For the extra. I the felt extra that tips. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really have too much of a weekend work wise. I actually was working through the week mostly because it was a public holiday just passed. So Anzac Day. Yeah. So yep. I did like uh, three graveyard shifts this week. So graveyard, for those that aren't industry people, graveyard shifts are like where you kind of have to wait up really late until, you know, like 11, 12 o'clock for a, a decent shift to come through. And then you're working until like three, four in the morning. Um, so I did maybe three of those shifts total. And then I couldn't even find work on Saturday night, which was wild. Really? I yeah. thought heaps of work was coming through. Um, I think there was like, again, kind of toward the end of the night, but I was so burnt out yeah. from doing the like the graveyard shifts earlier that I was just like, no, I'm not. And I ended up falling asleep so early. But I think I, I barely even cracked two grand <sighs> after doing four three, four shifts. Wow. Yeah, so it was rough. It's rough out there at the moment. Yeah, very rough. Very like rough. Back in the day, we used to do one Saturday and you'd come home with like thousands of dollars. And yeah. now it's like, and I think everyone's feeling it at the moment Everyone, too. like all the girls that I've been talking to on jobs, mm-hmm. they're always like, why is it so quiet at the moment? Like I'm serious, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well. It's we- kind of nice because you're banding together when you're yeah. actually working and you're hustling for each other, not just yourself when it comes to extensions or tips or, you know, you're trying to like share the love around a little bit but it's so hard at the moment to even push for extensions on my friday night job i had a um decent group and i asked them at the end if you know 10 minutes prior hey do you want to extend and i just got the typical like well what's included in the extension how much is it what are you gonna like you know what are you gonna do for it yeah and he kind of tried to hustle like a free lap dance included in the one hour toppy extension and I was like oh we're back to that why why do they got to do this I don't know (laughs) I don't know but it was it was a little bit like 
it wasn't the nicest weekend probably. But mm. I mean, I think I was due for a bad one because all my clients lately have been really great. So I was definitely due for a doozy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so getting into things, um, we are addressing myth busting this episode. And the first one that we wanted to address, um, and this one like annoys me the most, I hate it, but it's the concept that a waitress will always steal your man. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I can't even handle this one. So where do you feel like this one comes from? Like who do you think kind of stemmed this atrocity? I don't know. Like it's I think it's going back to like the last episode when I talked about how I felt when my ex-partner was mm-hmm. in that situation. I think it just comes from like a lot of insecurities from women and men yeah, that sure. aren't in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just women, obviously. Like men play a part in it as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the st- it's just a stereotype that yeah. has been bred into society. For sure. And, and so it's a coming from non-industry workers mm-hmm. or people that haven't been exposed to the industry f- before. So non-industry girls and then with men, it's like um, men that, again, are non-industry guys or they've never had like a relationship before with an industry girl and they kind of have this concept that they're going to either lose their partner at a job to some other guy that might, you know, have more or if you're a girl that you're, you know, you have to worry about your, your man going to a box where there's going to be waitresses because like you know she's the the waitresses are just gonna fuck all the guys there and like bro like we do not want your man like it is the first like I can't express how when I walk into a job like we're there to play a character and if I meet a guy at a job that I think is okay like there's never a a chance in hell that I'm ever going to take it any no, further No, because that. they only know you as that character that you're mm-hmm. playing. They don't know the real you. Once no. they get to know you and realize that you're just this boring girl that goes and does her CV job through the week yeah. and then sits at home on the weekend, like doing and watches glitch. my fucking TV shows. Yeah, it's like they don't, they want to know, like they know this exciting version of you and this like flirty, sexy version of you. And then when they get to know you for who you are, it's like not exciting to them anymore. Girl, so. I'm ugly during the week. <laughs> like, too. I am I'm ugly. Me too. Like, and until that job comes through, I'm not putting any makeup on. Like, I always joke with my boyfriend, actually, like, because I never really wear, like, laundry and stuff for him at yeah. home. I'm just always, like, no makeup, T-shirt on. Like, And I'm like, this is my, like, no one else sees me like this except for you. So, you know, that's, yeah. like, my, that's my, like, home gear. Yeah. So, when they actually know what you're like at home, it's like. The, the novelty wears off. Yeah, for sure. Because we are a novelty, technically. Yeah. Um. So, there's also the concept, like, like, um continuing off the whole idea of the fact that waitresses will steal your man. There's also this kind of concept around the fact that waitresses are way more likely to cheat on their partners than what a normal girl would that, say, works in, like, an office job or in in another civvy industry. Yeah, so we actually did some research on this and we've got the stats for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We got the receipts. It's here. (laughs) So when we were looking up this stuff, it actually came back that the number one um, industry for women that kind of produces the most cheaters is actually the medical field. So like doctors, nurses, anyone in scrubs is coming for your man. (laughs) (laughs) And they're coming in hard. (laughs) And then the um, the second one underneath that was educators. So like Teachers, teachers, which like makes sense. It kind of does, I guess. But I don't know. I just think it's wild that people assume that because we are doing a job where where our job is to sell sex, that we're just hungry for it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like so not the case. Like when you, I feel like when you're surrounded by it all the time, again the novelty wears off. Like us, yes, we are like 
you know, sexual beings, of course, that's why we're doing this job. And like, we do enjoy sex ourselves in our personal lives. But mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by it, like so much, it kind of just gets mundane. You get you kind of desensitized there. to it for yeah, sure. Definitely. Like for me, I need to feel like an emotional, emotional. connection with mm-hmm. somebody to like give them access to my body. Yeah. And I think that ha- I never used to be like no, that when neither. I was younger. I was neither. way more liberal with like who I would kind of have sex with sorry mom if you're listening (laughs) Um, but yeah I was way more liberal with it now that I'm kind of selling this whole idea of you know this flirty sexy being I'm like way more reserved with my body and my personal life so if I don't feel like I'm like really in love with you or you don't like worship the ground that I walk on then I don't want to give that part of me to you so if I can't get depth out of a guy in like a conversation then that's like a complete turn off for me yeah like I need to have like not just intelligent com- conversations, but I need like funny, like connection, genuine yeah, connection. connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who was the, what was the stat for the men? Like the industry? It's um, tradies, which tradies? is not surprising. Not no. surprising. But 29%. <laughs> that was the figure. 29% of um, of men that participate in a trade or do that for work every day. They, they tend to cheat. I find... Um, when we're at work, the people that kind of approach you the most the and trainers. try and hustle you for, well, hustle or hassle, I don't know, I guess it depends which way you look at yeah. it, but <laughs> they harass you for um, other services and mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't matter how many times you say no. We touched on this last time. So not every waitress also provides escorting services. It's It used to be very split down the middle and now it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I think uh, clients kind of have this concept that because maybe the last gig that they were at, there was a girl that offered both. They think that all waitresses offer both and then they will you know come in and try and like seduce you or or, like um (laughs) what they think is seducing (laughs) i know yeah it's like no moe i don't want it i know and then you say no and they're like come on how much how much and you say no again and then they offer you like an extra hundred dollars or an extra two hundred dollars and you're like i don't want to fuck you (laughs) i'm good yeah i like you're drying me i'm the sahara desert right now like please get away from me (laughs) and it kills me oh god um yeah so that kind of covers uh myth number one that we will steal your man we don't want your man Yeah, we don't want him we don't even know why you want your man we see how he behaves when you're not around and i'm Happy. Yeah, you keep that. Do all better. F- yeah, he's Do all better. yours, babe. All yours. <laughs> um, all right. So myth number two: the myth that waitresses are all confident people with high sex drives. We kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. So again, I feel like no matter what industry you work in, when you're subjected to something all the time, you do become desensitized to it. Mm. It's like if you're a doctor or you're a surgeon. Obviously, blood or like cutting people oh, is yeah. not going to like bother you. That's that's part of your day to day life. Exactly. When you've got someone asking you how much for a blowjob every single weekend, it's then, kind of like <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, it's it's very hard to find the excitement to get excited about sex. Yeah, or to get excited like it's actually it's become an issue even in my relationship mm. in the past where I've come home from work and I'm so tired and I don't have the energy and I'm so sick of people coming up to me all the time and like don't get me wrong I know that we ask for that. Yeah. in a way because not that we ask for it but we make a decision to participate in that kind of stuff by doing what we do yeah but when you have someone kind of harassing you all the time or over sexualizing you all the time for eight hours straight when you're at work sometimes when you come home you don't really have 
anything left energy. to give to your partner yeah. and they want to you know like get down dirty with you and you're like please just let me sleep see like I was I know we had like a private conversation about this and I tried to explain to you maybe because I <clears throat> I associate sex or like even just masturbation for myself as a stress relief mm-hmm. yeah and I think I was thinking about it in the car on the way here I was meant to tell you that I think you should try masturbating for yourself before jumping into having sex for the fact of stress relief just like switch your mindset I am such a prude though sometimes like I need to yeah I need to feel like really um, you need to search yourself before you can give it to someone else I know yeah (laughs) and I feel like there was a time in my life when I was younger where I used to be like so in touch with my sexual side and now I'm just a little bit more reserved and like a little bit vanilla and I don't know. Yeah, I just I I personally find it harder to be more in touch with my with my sexual side or my sexual self, let alone with with a partner. Yeah. Now that I'm doing this, because yeah. you do kind of get sick of having someone look at you like that all the time. That sometimes it's just nice to you know talk about anything else yeah. or do anything else. And um, I know that there's a lot of girls that kind of feel the same way. So oh, definitely, and actually, like it switches and changes as well, though. Like I feel like sure. when I first started, I kind of felt a little bit like that. Like I just couldn't be bothered because I was seeing someone like Mm -hmm. kind of when I first started Mm -hmm. and then out of nowhere it just switched and now I'm like back to my normal self where I'm I'm feeling a lot more like intuitive with my like sexual side, which is nice, but it can change at any moment. (laughs) 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 Hee hee, spicy. (laughs) (laughs) It can change at any moment though. Like, you know, you can't be set in one mindset. Mm -hmm. There There can always be something that, like changes it on a job yeah you know what I mean so but stereotypically like coming back to the whole concept the myth being that well we're such high sex driven people it's I actually find it to be the opposite I actually know I was just working a job on Friday night with two uh, waitresses uh, that are quite well known in the industry and one of the guys was you know oh when was the last time everybody had sex I had like (laughs) a big hickey on my neck (laughs) and I was like three days ago <laughs> and um the other two girls were like one said it had been a year and a half and the other one said it had been three years or something wow. like that yeah and they they were explaining that they're celibate because this job wow. has made them really so asexual that asexual. they don't even feel motivated to have sex anymore wow. and there's so many of us out there like that oh yeah definitely when you're around it all the time it becomes less appealing to you mm-hmm. definitely i feel that so uh the third one um, there is a myth that waitresses are willing to do things for free if the client is good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Get a grip, bro. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's like they think that we don't see men in the outside world. Like I have eyes. Okay. I know what a good looking guy is. I'm still not doing jack shit for you for free. Literally. Well, when they think that you're going to give it to them for free because it's they're ridiculous. hot. Oh, like their eek. ego. Like I'm just sitting there. Like you can feel it radiating off them like a bad mm-hmm. smell. You just sit there and you're just like, this is giving me the ick. Yeah. I literally want to kick you in the face sometimes right now. Sometimes <laughs> you have to humble them. Like sometimes you really have to humble them. Oh, yeah. I remember I had like a really attractive guy kind of put it on me once at a job. This is a while ago. Yeah. And he was like a short king, but he was still pretty attractive. I love a short king. And I am 5'1", so I it doesn't matter. 
I know. Yeah, for you, short king. Like, yeah, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like five four and you're single, hit up Brooke. She <laughs> she loves you guys. Loves you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was like a bit of a shorter guy, and he like he knew he was hot. And don't get me wrong, he was sexy. He was, yeah. and I was single, single at the time as well. We and he like he was having a crack, and then he was kind of like, oh, like you know, I want to have a dance, and I was like, okay, two hundred dollars, three songs, and gave him the spiel, and he was like, oh, don't I get it? You know, but I'm sure like you want to do it. Like, don't you just want to? No one wants to fucking get sweaty and gross for yeah. nothing. And like I was doing like, a dance. You're not even getting any pleasure out of it. Of course, I want to be paid. Like. Yeah. And then I was just like, no, definitely not. And he kind of got a little bit like angry. Like, I think I hurt his ego or bruised his ego a little bit. And he kind of raised his voice to me and he's like, what? You're like, what? You think I'm a gronk? And I was like, first of all, you need to grow like two feet before you can raise your voice to me like that. Okay. So sit down. Yes. And calm down <laughs> like this is and it's like they forget that you're there for a job oh yeah and it's it, happened all the time the guys that like, fall in love with you at a mm-hmm. job and they're like please let me take you out this, yeah that blah blah, blah. and you it's don't like, need to be in this industry babe <laughs> just leave let me show you a better life <laughs> like we don't need to be saved I'm not a damsel in distress I actually enjoyed you know the job for the most part so like no just because you're good looking doesn't entitle you to more than what I actually prefer I find that the guys that are not as good looking they're a lot more humble they understand that this is a business transaction at the end of the day it's still supposed to be an enjoyable experience for both of us Mm. but it's a business transaction so they understand that if they want to take you for a lap dance then they're going to have to pay for that and then if they really enjoy themselves i remember we did a double once remember and afterwards the guy tipped us both 100 bucks yeah, yeah. on top of the 200 that he paid us each for the lap dance so that whole experience cost him what six seven hundred dollars so he could have gotten like a full service for, for that for that yeah with, with a different girl but like if they're appreciative and they respect you and respect what you do they're willing to pay mm-hmm. so yeah it doesn't matter how good looking you are it doesn't matter if you're liam hensworth you're still gonna have to pay for a lap dance from me mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Liam Hemsworth. I'd be like, yeah, no worries, babe. <laughs> I'm sorry. For the most part, okay? For the most part. If, if you're good looking, it doesn't mean that you get jack shit for free. So yeah. that's that one. Done. Definitely not true. Yeah, no. Um, so the next one is that you must be beautiful to do the job. Eh, no. I mean... You have to have uh, something about you that's obviously attractive. Yeah, appealing, personality. But it's not just body, how you look, it's like, your demeanor. Yeah. I've actually, I was asking a couple of my clients this over the last oh. week because I knew that we were doing this yeah. episode. So nice. I'm like, what is it about us that makes you pick us? Because sometimes you you walk in, you know, I can't tell you how many jobs I've gone to where there's girls there that are like bigger, curvier, covered in tats. Like they're not like that. So like the, I remember um one girl that I was working with, she had such an alternative look and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you look amazing. But like complete opposite to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, well, it's kind of. I feel like a little bit hypocritical because we're both kind of like blonde hair, blue eyed, yeah. skinny, basic, basic bitches. But yeah, we're basic <laughs> Sydney bitches, and I like I, I understand that. But I think there is this misconception. Even some of my friends that have said, "Oh, like you know, I wish I could do what you do," and I'm like, "Oh, you can." A hundred. And they're like, "Oh no, I'm too big." Like I have a girlfriend. She's a bit younger. I think she's about eighteen, nineteen. She's friends with my with my boyfriend, and uh-huh. she really wanted to do waitressing. And she was like, "Oh, I just I wouldn't be able to do it because you know I'm a bigger girl." And I'm like, "Every man has a flavor. They have a niche." Yeah. 
And you know how many times I've not been picked for a job over a girl that was, you know, a lot like curvier than me, bigger than me or darker hair, tattoos, like everyone, every man out there has their flavor. And as you said, their niche that they want, their things that they're attracted to. Mm -hmm. It's not always necessarily. And, And sometimes like, you know, you'll go to a job and the reason why there's so many different types of girls is because like they ask their mates who like at Bucks parties, like Mm -hmm. who would you pick? Who would you pick? This, that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's like everyone has a different type. Yeah. That's like different nationalities, um, different skin colors, different hair, different like style, everything, even like down to laundry and stuff. I'm a bit of a, like a honey birdette type of gal. I always wear like your standard typical, I'm a Sydney bitch. Okay. Like (laughs) I wear like all your typical, like cutesy, lacy shit. And then there's like girls that will rock up and they're like in this bondage gear and and they look mad. Like they look so sexy and I'm like, I could never, I just don't think I could pull that off, but they rock it and guys love it. So you definitely don't have to be like, you know, a size six to eight or whatever to do the job and make money. It's so strange. Like, I feel like I look at this industry and I'm like, it is so inclusive, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's so picky. Yeah. It's inclusive in a way, but it's also like so detrimental to your mental health in other ways. Because Mm -hmm. even like I said, it's very easy for us to sit up here on our little pedestal and go, oh, you know, it's inclusive for everybody when we're you know like us yeah. uh, the, when we the look way, the way that the way, we look yeah. not in a like my head is so far up my ass way but like but you we know, know we look conventional like we're yeah, we typical fit, yeah we fit that conventional kind of beauty standard I guess and that's yeah. just our choice but then there are other girls that kind of and I've even dealt with it myself where I've gone to jobs I mean that's why I got my tits done because yeah. I mean, before I started doing waitressing, I was always really happy with my body and it did teach me to be uh, more confident in ways. But when you're around other women all the time that look amazing, mm-hmm. it's very, you become very hard on yourself. Oh, yeah. you're, you're looking at other people's bodies and you're like, oh, I don't look like that. Like my boobs aren't as big as that. I've got one that's kind of bigger than the other. I thought that before I started, like I remember seeing, I've told you this story before, but I remember like my first job, I remember mm-hmm. seeing your profile picture on WhatsApp and I was like, oh my God. God, I'm going to look like a little boy next to these bitches. Like, I can't, because obviously I don't have like my tits on or anything like mm-hmm. that. I'm thinking, like, well, I didn't at the time. Yeah, I didn't I'm, at the time. I'm thinking that's what was needed. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And then, yeah, like I felt really insecure. I was like, yeah. Fuck, what well, am I going to do? I mean, you are, the girls are making like really good money. It's kind of now over the last year or two that things have really slowed down. Yeah. But before that, like girls were making four or five grand a night. Like, and I know some girls that are up to their second, third BBL and like all power to them because if they- Get a girl. Yeah. Like go off queen. <laughs> like, we think they look great. They think they look great, but it does kind of, when you don't have those things, it does kind of make you look at those, those things and go, oh, like, you know, and you get a little bit insecure yeah, about it changes yourself. your mindset like before you wouldn't even think about it and then out of nowhere you're like oh maybe I need to do this maybe I need mm. to do that and you really like it takes like a strong-minded person to sit back and be like no yeah like I I really like the way I am and I'm self-aware you yeah. need to be self-aware and you need to do a lot of positive self-talk too mm-hmm. you need to like look at yourself in the mirror and, and you need like sometimes you a baddie yeah <laughs> and sometimes you, you need to walk out of a job where you've earned really good money and like I've gone to jobs before I've been with uh, working with girls that are that you know like second BBL like you know two boob jobs like it knows everything they've had everything done and they look stunning mm-hmm. like like fresh out of a like centerfold playboy magazine and I'm thinking oh my god how am I supposed to compete with that and then I walk away from that job with more money than, than what they made yeah. so it doesn't all come down to look 
looks. There has to be something about your demeanor that's attractive. So coming back to that point that I made before about when I was asking the guys, what is it about the girls that you like? Initially, yes, it is. They're going to pick you based off your photos, but they want you to have a good vibe. They want you to have a good personality. They they want you to be funny, like, you know, to participate. Hold a conversation. Yeah. Like really keep the vibe going. And that's more important than um, how. Because that's what we're there to do. We're not, we are there to be pretty and whatnot, but we are there to hold the party down. Like we are there to like make it happen. You know what I mean? The character. We are the character. Mm -hmm. And I think um, coming back to the whole concept of changing ourselves because we do uh, occasionally become really insecure by looking at the other girls around us, maybe that's why that myth is there, that you have to be conventionally beautiful to do the job because um, a lot of us look very different now to how we did when we first started. Just the other day, I sent you my first ever collage. I thought you looked amazing though. I was like, damn. I'm I'm like maybe 14 kilos lighter now and I feel like I look a lot better, but like maybe that's not necessarily the case to, you know, certain men. They're going to, they might have preferred how I looked before when I was a little bit chunkier, but I think the um, industry really kind of forces us to look at ourselves and not always in the most positive light. And then we end up doing these things to change ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. we get our tits done or, you know, we go and get hair extensions or we're constantly getting filler and and trying to like uh, do things to make ourselves feel better and look better. And in the process along the way, we become closer and closer that more conventional type of beautiful that we sort of all start to blend in with one another. And then I think maybe that's why everyone kind of looks at waitresses and goes, okay, well, I have to look like that to be able to be successful here, but you don't. Like there's enough money to go around for everyone no matter what you look like. Well, there was, not so much now. Yeah, but we'd still encourage everyone that, wants like is thinking about doing it to really like listen to this podcast and like taking what we're saying the good and the bad mm-hmm. because anyone can like really anyone can do it yeah um it's about having a thick skin more yeah. than anything it's not just about what you look like no. it's not just about um you know how much it's it's about how much you can handle mm. and it's about like knowing that even if you do have that conventional beautiful look you can walk into a booking and still get criticized we spoke on this in episode yeah. one about your body mm. so as long as you can kind of like take everything with a grain of salt and push through like this industry is open for everybody it's very inclusive it is definitely um okay what's what one are we up to (laughs) (laughs) myth number five okay Okay. sorry the myth that waitresses are all rich bruh (laughs) we make thousands of dollars a day if i was rich i wouldn't be doing this Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, um, I think there was once a time where we were making, you know, thousands of dollars a day. And like, I don't know if anyone's actually seen the movie Hustlers. Yeah. with Cardi B yeah. and um, J-Lo. Yeah. yeah, but it I know it's based in America, but the concept is pretty similar. Yeah, it is, what is it is very similar, here. yeah. Once the economy takes a hit, best believe the strippers take a hit too. Okay, so if there's not enough money going around in corporate world, then we're not getting any money either. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to kind of make the same kind of money that we were making before. And it, it's stressful for everyone. Yeah, it is very stressful. Like I, It's not just for us. It's for girls in the strip club. It's for girls in brothels. It's for girls doing, you know, establishment work, um, private escort services, um, massage parlors, um, even OnlyFans. You yeah. know? It's, everyone is struggling to make money now. Like like you said before, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get an extra tip or trying to get that extra hour extension. So yeah. like I said, just this weekend, I had to you know work three shifts to make the same money that I used to make in one night. So yeah. don't think that just because we're out here doing this job means that we're making bank all the time because it's very inconsistent. It, yeah. And that's why I like I you know I 
I have a, like a normal job. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, and so many people have said to me, like, why don't you just do waitressing full time? Yeah. And I'm like, because it's not consistent and I need consistency. Like, I'm not, like, even though people might think like strippers are dumb, this, that, blah, 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 like that stereotype, mm-hmm. like, we're business women. Like, yeah. we really are. Yeah. And like, we need that constant income mm-hmm. because. You know, who, it's who just, doesn't? It's hard to be something that you can rely on. So I used to walk, uh, work in corporate world as well. And it wasn't up until recently, maybe three months ago, maybe even less, that I decided to start doing this full time. And it could not have come at a worse time. <laughs> we thought it was a good... See, we make mistakes. We thought it was... Me and her both thought it was a good idea at mm-hmm. the time. And yeah. then now we're both sitting here and I'm like, girl, I was thinking on the way here, I, I always think when I'm in the car, but <laughs> I'm like, maybe she should get another job. I know. And I'm actually... <laughs> thinking I've only been doing it for like three months now there would be times where I'd be sitting at my office in my corp job and I'd be like looking at some of the jobs and bookings that were coming through and I'm like damn I could go and work that job for four hours right now and make my whole week salary in in one four hour shift Mm -hmm. and I would be burning at the money that I'm missing out on by sitting there at my computer like doing my thing and now that I have all those opportunities yeah I am picking up a couple of jobs through the week but I'm so exhausted from doing graveyard shifts I'm sleeping all day on the weeks that I don't have. And that's bad for your mental health as well. Yeah. Like it really is like to not have structure is very hard because it's not like you have set shifts. Yeah. Uh, I think when you work at a strip club, you do have set shifts. When you're waitressing, you don't have set shifts. Yeah. So it's just whenever the work comes through. So yeah, this concept that we've always got money, sometimes, especially right now, I'm on a week to week basis mm. and some weeks are good and some weeks I'm like, I don't know if I can make this stretch until, you know, the next job. Yeah. So don't think that just because we're doing this that we can cover the bill all the time or yeah or like sometimes yeah maybe if we've had a good weekend and we and we feel like it of course mm-hmm. like for the people that we love this that like I can I can live comfortably with what I have yeah. but other times like it's just annoying when it's expected all 100%. the time and we're both in the industry obviously but when we go out to dinner and have a nice dinner we still split the bill in half yeah don't assume that just because I'm a waitress means that I can cover your your foot all the time or that if we go out and you know I invite you out for drinks or whatever I might shout you a couple because I'm a nice person but don't expect that I'm going to do that for you all the yeah, time because no. I've got money coming out of my ass because that's not the case no it's not Moving on to myth six. Waitressing is a last resort job for uneducated individuals. You touched on this before. You said sometimes people have this stereotypical view that That all waitresses are dumb. This is a last resort job. No. No. Like I think obviously like our, um, how we talked about how we got into the industry in episode one, like kind of covers like one side whereas mm-hmm. mine I didn't need I didn't need to start working in this job yeah. I just did it because it was a choice for you yeah it was a choice I, I made that choice and you know it might have been out of spite <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not now like you know what I mean for me obviously I didn't necessarily feel like I had a choice at the time well I had choices but the, that to me seemed like my best one yeah. at the time but that being said I'm a very educated individual you okay? are like it's I did crazy. a diploma I went to uni like I have worked corporate for like most of my life I come from a finance background an mm. insurance background and um, you know I was able to buy my own house and you know I had an advisor and a mortgage broker and like you know I've got some life experience behind me and I I know a thing or two. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm definitely not a dumb blonde bitch that has to twerk for money because I've got no other way to produce income. Definitely not. So, yeah, I think that that whole idea that we have to be dumb to do this job, throw it out the fucking window because it's not true. It's not. And, like, you know, I think that also comes with the fact that 
people don't really respect waitresses because of mm-hmm. all the all these myths, all these stereotypes. Yeah. Like, why don't you get a real job? It's like, bro, I do have think, a real job. Yeah, do you think I pay my mortgage with Monopoly money? <laughs> This is a real job. It's real money. Like, I know that you're mad that you're still doing your city job and not making the same money that I'm doing, working half the hours and still living, like, you know, having a little bit of freedom and time to myself. But this is a real job, whether you respect it or not. Crazy. The ones that have the biggest opinion on it are the ones that give us the money. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, for sure. It's like, thanks, babe. Yeah. Or it's like um, the girls that hate it the most are always the ones that have, like, the super controlling boyfriends that, like, won't let them wear a cleavage top or like yep. they have to have their location they have to know where they're going all the time and I could never do what you guys do oh, my boyfriend would never well my boyfriend lets me maybe go you just need a new boyfriend yeah so yeah. anyway um it's definitely not a last resort job for uneducated people I actually know some girls like I was talking to um a waitress the other day she was a listener of the podcast mm-hmm. and she I'm not going to say obviously what company yeah. she works for but she's in um, podcast production as well she does media management oh, yeah. and she went and did like a uni degree um, I know another girl that also is doing a law degree at the moment and sometimes they're just doing this job to pay off those fees like I was only in uni for I think about a year and I, my fees were like $24,000 for that year oh my god yeah so it's very expensive to actually go and get yourself an education don't just think that because you're getting all this money, you spend it, like save it, mm-hmm. save it, save it, save it. Because yeah. like I've spoken to a lot of girls that have been in the industry for a really long, long time because I've only just kind of come into it. Yeah, you're it still like, kind of fresh. Yeah, still yeah. kind of fresh. And all of them have said to me, mm-hmm. make sure you are saving that money from day dot. Yeah. Because what they did is they were like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And mm-hmm. then they start spending it. And now they're only kind of just getting to the point where they're like, oh, wow, I should have saved all that money. Yeah. It, this kind of comes into like one of the other myths um, that we talked about. So that we must live uh, like a life of luxury because of the job that we do. When I first started waitressing, I got very sucked into that. You know, mm. I thought that it was all, you know, like rainbows and Chanel bags yeah. <laughs> when I first started. And I was out there buying myself, you know, like a lot of designer stuff. And I might have made three grand on the weekend and then spent two and a half in Louis Vuitton yeah. and then walked away with only $500 left in my pocket. And I was burning through that money just as quick as what I was making it. From my point of view, like I have no idea, like I'm saving money, of course I am, but I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't know what you're going to save for and you don't have a plan, yeah. it's still so important to have a plan B. Have a plan B even though you don't have a plan A. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily have to know what you're doing with it, exactly. but you might find yourself in a situation where you really need it. We're very privileged to be earning the type of money that we're earning at the rate that we're earning it. If you have a bill that comes in that you weren't expecting, you can go and do yeah, a shift like that you night live, and you cover it the next day. Comfortably. It's mm-hmm. not like you live luxury. And like, you know, when I first started, I always have this thing, like if I start a new job, like my first paycheck, I'm going to buy something for myself. You know yeah. what I mean? And then yeah. after that, it's kind of like, okay, maybe like every fifth or like mm-hmm. fourth or like whatever. Because yeah. you still need to like treat yourself. Treat yourself. You need to see something physical, like for your mind and for your mental health, you need to see something physical to know that all your work isn't just going nowhere. 
You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I find really helps me. Mm. So, yeah. So, uh, myth number seven. Um, this one was something that got sent into us by so many of the girls. I think this was like a repeat one. And I think that the reason why we probably want to address this the most, industry girls know that there is a difference, but it's the non-industry people that seem to think that they are the same thing and, and they're they not. so different. <laughs> so, so it's different. the myth that topless waitressing and escorting is the same thing. If it was, I am severely underpaid. (laughs) Oh my God. To put it into perspective, an escort um, usually sets their own rates, but in the sex industry, there's obviously minimum standard rates for everything. And so you're looking at $500 plus whatever the agency commission is, which can range anywhere between $150 to $250 -hmm. um, in commission. So overall, you're looking at somewhere between like say $750 to $1,000 per hour for an escort service Mm -hmm. we get paid a hundred dollars an hour (laughs) okay and like that's not to say that you know some some waitresses do escorting yeah and there's nothing wrong with that like we said there's crossover but it's not the same thing if you're on a waitress job and you perform an escorting service you usually finish your waitressing hours first and And then then the and then they would then after those four hours or whatever then they would provide the escorting service service. or they would you know if it was a situation where they're kind of getting asked right then and there they would perform the service and then still do their waitressing hours hours. outside of that yeah so it's definitely not the same thing yes there are um girls that will do both Mm -hmm. and they will go to waitressing bookings and often like you know score themselves a a, um, escorting hour which is really great for them go Um, off queen yeah we love that for them but it's not the same thing yeah and it actually thinking that it is kind of puts waitresses that aren't comfortable with providing yeah because there so there's a lot of talk in the industry about this at the moment and Mm. it's all i mean there has been for a long time and it's very divided there are um escorts that really have an issue with um waitressing and it's it's usually escorts that have a problem with the waitressing and the escorting crossing over crossing over yeah. because when it comes time to extensions right as a waitress when i finish my four hours and i request an extension i'm getting extended at 100 to 150 dollars an hour yeah if you're an escort and you've done your one hour full service and they want to extend you they're extending you at a totally different pay rate so it's like 750 an hour yeah why would they want to go to a waitressing booking and extend you know they oh. perform an escort service and then they want to extend and they've already like you know uh, started this sexual relationship with yeah. this guy that, that might then you know later on uh, through the night try and pursue again you know, again yeah. then they have to extend it at a, at a, it's like they're by doing that we're kind of undercutting escorts in that way and, and they're missing yeah. out on money wow. that they're actually entitled to. i was not aware of this yeah it's it's been a big point of discussion um amongst like uh, agencies and, and admins. admins for waitresses it's a little bit different because um they're not um as uh, exposed to the escorting side of life yeah so they would yeah. prefer to go to a booking and kind of warm up to clients and see if there's a vibe there if they connect with anyone before they engage in an escort yeah. service yep. so they kind of prefer to be able to go to jobs where it's like open to full service yep. but for escorts it's like that's their job they don't need to feel necessary. well obviously they need to feel safe and comfortable oh, of course but they don't need to feel like you know I've always they need the vibe to get to am I attracted them. to them yeah. it's not as scary to them a whole because different ball game they're, they're professionals they're professionals they've been doing this for a long time they have a routine they know how these things go with waitresses that are just kind of dabbling into escorting yeah. but even like then like I find like 
going to jobs that are open to full service, mm-hmm. it still kind of would put you in a very awkward position yeah. if you get there and you aren't interested in any mm-hmm. of the blokes. I've been to a job before where I think we both have actually, where I've been gone to a job on the pre-preface that it's a waitressing job only and and I've had a guy come up to me and ask me you know for an escorting service and I've politely declined and then he's gone oh but you know so and so the agent said that you know that you were going to do it and I was like what yeah and they got really upset and kind of aggressive with me because they were under the assumption that I was going to do it because they you know to kind of like sell I guess the the um booking to the client Mm. the agent has turned around and said you know she's actually you know she's open to it if you ask her and the vibe's right you know she might do it yeah and then when I've said no he's gotten really like kind of not aggressive but aggressive you know what I mean like uncomfortable like yeah they kind of turn around and be like well why are you here then like I don't want you here guys can change their mind very quickly Mm -hmm. On a situation like I'm sure many women that aren't in the industry have experienced this maybe on a date in a club mm-hmm. like blah 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 as soon as sometimes as soon as you say no to a bloke his whole demeanor will change and it's yeah. very it's like shell shock like you, yeah. you're like oh my god it, you get very taken back by they it and then all the ego like the ego bruising of mm-hmm. a woman saying no it's like how dare you say no yeah. and then they just change their attitude toward you yeah. and then you get the hot sweats and you're like oh my god yeah. should I have said that what do I do <laughs> I mean it's very uncomfortable when it happens in a club imagine it happening in a room like you're you've driven out to say like the central coast or something you're an hour and a half away from home you're in a room full of 20 guys no that you service don't know. no service yeah and then you've just pissed off this guy because you've told him that you don't want to fuck and now he's incredibly offended and he doesn't want to buy a review and you've still got another three hours left to finish of that shift and sometimes like you can obviously re- like there's always that one person at a job that's a bit sus and annoying but you can Mm -hmm. usually like if it's a big group you can usually rely on someone else there that's Mm -hmm. actually genuine and actually nice there's always a gentle yeah there's a gentle teddy and if there's not then you have your girls yeah you lean on your girls if something Mm -hmm. is uncomfortable and making you feel uncomfortable then Mm -hmm. you know the girls should have you you're back and if they don't you need to say something about it yeah that brings us um into another myth as well and this one is quite controversial so there is this myth um that waitresses will always have your back other industry girls will always have your back i feel like this is really with anything like even friendships outside of the industry with Mm -hmm. any kind of girls or like blokes and their friendships you never know someone's true intentions yeah and you need to be very very careful of who you open yourself up to Mm -hmm. at, at any situation just because you're doing this work and you're both you girls are doing or girls in the industry are doing similar work it's it's a hustle. Mm-hmm. It's all a hustle. You really need to pick and choose and find who is genuine before you go and yeah. completely open up yourself to every and any girl there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As a general statement, some of the friendships that I have made along the way, like with waitresses, you especially, have been the most fulfilling, loving, like wouldn't know what I would do without that person type of friendship and I will eternally be grateful for it. Of course. And then there's other friendships that I've made um, through this industry where I've really 
tried to see the best in that person, even though, you know, a million people have told me like, be careful of her, be careful of her. Or um, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I'm sure that you feel like you, you have people saying that about you. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like I feel that. Everyone has different experiences with different people. So maybe I was a really shit friend for someone, but I'm a really good friend to you. So that's not necessarily your experience with me. And I'm sure it's the same vice versa, but some of the most, um, like chaotic uh, breakdown of friendships that I've had have come from people that I've met in this industry Industry. where their behavior when things, you know, where you decide to step away from the friendship and say, you know, like this is not for me anymore. The unhinged chaotic behavior that ensues from that is insane. And they, they gun for you and not just in a personal way, but in a business way, they don't, it's like they don't separate um, their personal life or your personal friendship from business because that's where it stemmed from. That's where it stemmed and, from, you know, yeah. they'll say that you're you're this and you're that or, you know, you do things wrong um, and they'll approach other people to try and, like, defame you and hinder your work opportunities. Mm. And I know so many girls that that's happened to. Wow. It's so catty in this industry where it really it's, is. you've got to be super careful, I feel. Um, obviously, like, you know, be open to friendship and be open to love. But you have to really be careful of um, who you align yourself with because you don't want to find yourself in a situation situation where, you know, you have kind of crossed the line between a business relationship and a personal with someone who you kind of have an inkling about to be not yeah. Not not all there, but like, you know, in that sense. Yeah. Like always be nice, always be respectful, yeah. always be professional. But you have to keep in mind that if you do kind of cross that boundary and you start to have a personal relationship with some of these girls outside of work and it goes wrong, that can affect you uh, in, 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 work. in work as well. It's like anything, I guess. If you have, um, say, you know, you work corporate and you work in an office and you're best friends with Karen in accounts and then, you know, you have a falling out because <laughs> of whatever. Because Karen's been a Karen. And then Karen. Karen wants to fuck you up in payroll because she's in accounts. <laughs> you've got to be really careful about like, you know, shitting where you eat, essentially. Yeah, literally. So, um, yeah, it's it's just something to, to keep in yeah. mind. Another thing that I want to address as well is um, just because you might have met that girl for the very first time at that booking and she might seem sweet as pie to you, don't assume that she's going to have your back if, if you need it. Mm-hmm. Because if there, I've been in situations where there's an opportunity for another girl to make money and she fucks me over yeah. and puts me in a bad situation where she's the only one making the money and the she's money. not looking out for the greater yeah. of the good or you walk back into the room and you know someone's stealing money out of your bag yeah we yeah. i know girls that put <gasps> what about what happened this weekend yeah there was an incident that mm. happened this weekend I, I don't know whether or not it was a guy or whether it was an, another yeah, waitress sure. by the sounds of what the announcement was i'm fairly sure it, it might have been another girl but someone's bag oh. got slashed open slashed open not just yeah, not just like <laughs> like slashed open and That's their wild. entire earnings from that night, which could have been God knows how much, was stolen. And obviously you don't go back and, and check your, your money every five how, minutes. I don't know how that could have happened though. I don't know. Like that is wild. She must have dipped. Like yeah. She must have been like later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also been, um, other situations as well that I know where girls have gone to jobs and, um, you know, someone might be under the influence of something or maybe they're not having a mentally okay day. Mm. Um, and then it kind of, they might make decisions that puts you as a waitress in, into an uncomfortable unsafe. situation or an unsafe situation. So everyone is, you know, going through their own things. Yeah. Um, and no one can, I mean, no one goes to work every single day. And their, loves their, best self. their job and yeah. 
is feeling themselves and is wanting to be there. Like sometimes that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Like I know like the last job this weekend I was like, oh, I just do not want to go to it. I'd rather not. And, you know, you just don't feel like talking. You don't really feel like doing anything. But sometimes you just got to go because you need the money. Exactly. It could be a number of reasons. It could just be that, you know, you're not having a good mental health day or, you know, you're not in the best mood. Um, But it could also be for other reasons as well. It could just be downright competitiveness Mm -hmm. or it could just be that they're downright I can't. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Like, and not every goal that you meet along the way is like, you know, so nice super and so lovely. lovely. And super Sometimes you meet people that are like, you know, they don't give a fuck what happens to you. As long as they're there making money, that's, that's, that's all they care about. And there's even some agents out there as well. Like it's another big tip that, you know, we can, one of the biggest tips that I can put out to the girls. And, um, I actually said this in an advice group the other day, the best thing that you can do for yourself when it comes to agents, don't listen to what people are telling you about, oh, this agent is this. This, this agent is that work for everyone yourself and make mental notes or make yeah. personal private notes about what your experience is with, with each different agent because there are some people unfortunately out there that where, do not care yeah something bad could happen to you on a job where you're really uncomfortable and you call them up and you're like hey so and so this is what's going on and I mean I've done it before and had the agent say to me I think babe you're just having a bad day And like what happened was I went into the bathroom because I was at a job and Mm. the guys were being way too touchy with me. Mm. And I kept saying, no, don't like this is a no contact job. Please don't touch me. Please don't touch me. And they kept disregarding that anyway and touching me. And then I went to the bathroom to call the agents. Yeah, I was (laughs) I was pretty like green at the time. So I didn't Uh, kind of have the like the not the aggressiveness, but assertiveness that I do now. Yeah. And so I went to the bathroom and I was a little bit shaky. And then I tried to call her and she said, said to me, babe, I just think you're having a bad day. When I walked out of the bathroom, the guy was standing outside the door, literally like listening to me pee. And he was like, masturbating. <gasps> yeah. And I oh was mortified. I started crying and I had only been there for 40 minutes. I grabbed my bag and I went to leave. And there was another girl that was with me. And um, she was like kind of being held up against the fridge by <gasps> one of the other guys. Yeah. And they thought it was all fun and games and they were laughing and she was just frozen in fear. And I've never known her to be oh that way. And it God. was, yeah. That gives me chills. Like I'm actually. Yeah. It was a really bad experience. And you would think that in that kind of situation, you want to be able to call your agent and say like, hey, something really bad's happened and not be told that you're having a bad day I wasn't having a bad day I was just assaulted so yeah yeah, it's um you've just got to be really really careful of who you trust don't just assume that because they're in the industry that they're going to have you back your back yeah um but because there's many there's many different people that walk in and out of this industry yeah and like you know not everyone is say mentally prepared for it and Mm -hmm. sometimes they keep pushing them pushing themselves to do this work and then it it affects them yeah, mentally they in the long run. over time and like sometimes bad people- decisions are made and that's when everything falls apart yeah a lot of girls walk out of this industry and they look back and they know that they're not the same person that they were when they walked in because it does change you and it sometimes does. not always for the better no. but just um it's probably the best advice that i can give you like you know don't trust everybody make mental notes for yourselves on who you've had good experiences working with and who you haven't because someone that you might have had a really bad experience with might have been great for every other 
other girl. So it's a very personal thing. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, be wary of the other girls that you're working with as well. Always treat them with love and respect, but, you know, make sure that you're looking out for you. Be yourself first. It's, always. it's not always the case that they're going to look out for you. And don't get me wrong, sometimes they do. I've been in like a situation oh, yeah, before same. where you and me did a job together, I remember, and there was a guy that was like really um, like touchy-feely aggressive with me. And we were with another girl and she is a seasoned vet. She's been around for like 10 plus years. OG. And she heard me like, you know, repeatedly saying no. And she kind of burst into that room and she like made him, she grabbed him from the group, separated him, spoke to the other guys, made him go downstairs, put me in a separate room, hugged me, was like, are you okay? Do you have, and me and her aren't friends outside of work. We don't really know each other that well, but she had my back. Yeah, you know what I mean? She did. And she actually took us after that job to another job to make sure that we had a good time and that we were all okay. And she really did the most. So yeah, she did. There are some people out there that definitely do have your back, but don't assume that everyone does because yeah. the myth that they all do is so not true. So not true. Alrighty, guys. So that kind of wraps us up for episode two, Mythbusters. And we thank you guys for listening and joining into episode two. Um, excited for the next one. I'm so keen. I know. It's been so much fun filming and we're having the best time. It's actually therapeutic for us it's to kind so of nice. spill all this out and put it on the table. Spill the tea. If you guys have any questions about anything that we talked about, um, feel free to send them to us on um, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. DM us, follow us, subscribe subscribe to all the things i'm so excited <laughs> i'm so excited for what's to come oh my god <laughs>